Welcome to the Grace for the Growth podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Leo. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you on your own growth journey by empowering you to live your life with authenticity, freedom, and confidence. We will get real and raw as we dive into honest conversations about life, faith, business, relationships, dating, healing, and so much more. My goal is that you would walk away from our time together feeling a little less alone, a little less crazy, and a little more brave to be yourself. I hope you will find yourself more compassionate to past you, challenged as present you, and excited for future you. Embrace the story. Welcome the messy of it all. Sit in the unknown. And most importantly, live authentically. So pull up a chair in my virtual living room and let's dive into today's conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Grace for the Growth. I have my friend Emily Schaefer here chatting with us today, and I I just know you're going to love hearing from her. She is a bubble of joy and light and sunshine, and I've known Emily for gosh, like 11 years now, I think, 2012. Um, So a really long time. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited for this conversation and just the wisdom and the story and the journey that you've been on. So Emily, thanks so much for being here. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. That was such an intro and a beautiful (laughs) intro. I feel like I'm tearing up over here already. So Oh, you're so sweet. We, uh, to give y'all backstory, we met in college. Uh, we didn't go to the same college, but we worked a traveling summer camp, which is basically a traveling circus. And so we were like living out of trunks and hotels and getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning every day for 10 weeks. I mean, we, we went through it together wearing face paint making camp cheers. (laughs) It was a grind. I tell people, they laughed when you said troubling circus, because I always tell people about that summer and, you know, working for for Chick-fil-A's nonprofit. And I'm like, oh yeah, we were like carnies. So (laughs) (laughs) we we truly were kind of like carnies. We'd pack up every week and, you know, go to the next town. Yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. I reflect on it and I'm like, what, what? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) It's wild. But anyways, um, so yes, so we met a really, really long time ago and um, I've touched base over the years and our our lives took very different directions and we went through a lot. And um, recently you have been uh, coming back to life and sharing more about what you've been going through. And uh, we reconnected. (laughs) I was like, girl, what's going on? Like, I really relate to a lot of the stuff you've been talking about. And um, we just had the most beautiful uh, reunion and connection and uh, was like, yeah, yeah, we got to we got to do this. We got to do an episode. So I'm glad that you're here um, and I'm glad to be reconnected with you. And uh, yeah, you're just so special. So (laughs) agreed and same. And truly, again, thank you for having me. I'm really excited just to be able to share what I mean, ultimately what God is doing. And I'm excited just for the way their lives have kind of interwoven here again. So yes, me too. Me too. Okay, so now that we've done all of our sentimental sappiness, um, (laughs) most people listening don't know who you are and have not met you. So um, for those people, who is Emily? Tell us about you. Uh, however you want to answer that question, <laughs> but who is Emily? Okay, so by day, I, I work in finance, and that is that is what I do. But I really, in work and just with everything I do, I love to love people well. And I really, I just love people. Uh, I mean, 99, you know, times out of 100, at least. <laughs> Whenever I'm in traffic, I don't always love people, but <laughs> even that I try to. <laughs> But um, I just love people well. And um, I don't know, I'm a believer in just finding beauty in the mundane and I don't know, supermarket, supermarket flowers, all those things. I just, I don't know, I love simple things like that. And good soap, I don't know, soup. (laughs) 
I mean, I think that's me in a nutshell. I mean, but I love to spend time with friends. I am from the Nashville area. I grew up there. Um, school in Chattanooga, Tennessee was in Dallas, Texas for a bit. And I'm out here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina now, which is just um, sweet. And we have like the mountains on one side and the ocean on the other. And it's just what a place. So yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I can definitely attest the the simplest things. You find joy in the simplest things. You've been that way for as long as I've known you. And it always, it just inspires me that you're just like, yeah, I mean, just flowers. (laughs) I love the soap and soup bit. Okay. So now that we have all of that out of the way, you know, grace for the growth, we're talking about our journeys. We're talking about our stories and how we're growing and we're learning. So Take us through what has the Lord been teaching you? What are you learning? What's your growth journey been like? And um, yeah, what's your story that we can we can learn from what God's doing in your life? Oh, geez. Okay. So that is a great question. Um, oh, God has taught me a lot. Um, and I know that you and I have, you know, gotten the opportunity to talk through some of it as we've caught up um in the last several months. But yeah, God has really taught me a lot and is teaching me a lot right now. Um I think the easiest place to start is probably from the beginning. So we'll do that. So, um, gosh, I went back in 2014. Um, I I met somebody, you know, we fell in love and not all of that happened in 2014, but you get the gist of it. And we ended up getting married and, uh, like everyone does, you know, you go into that thinking like, this is going to be wonderful. And, you know, we were both Christians and, you know, I just thought this will be great. And, um, I realized very quickly, um, I think we pretty much had just gotten back from our honeymoon and physical abuse started. And um, it was clearly not a good situation. And um, I really wanted to like do the right thing and stick with it. And I just thought if I could change and if I could, um, if I could like change myself, then maybe it would stop and maybe he wouldn't want to hurt me anymore and I could fix it and I could make it all okay. And I think ultimately, like it was me trying to seek control with something that was really like, it wasn't anything I could control. And I think that for me, I mean, at least with my journey with the Lord, that's something that I've struggled with my whole life where it's like, I think, okay, I can do this on my own and I might want help occasionally. In fact, I'd love help, but I really want this to be my direction. And like, you can give a little bit of input, God, but like, you know, it's going to go through the committee and the committee is me. Um, (laughs) So aren't I so bold there? And um, I mean, I really think that I took that approach then. And um, ultimately, it came out in the end after, you know, in the midst of a four and a half year marriage that he just had a lot of different issues, um, just with extramarital affairs and, um, just a lot of different secret hidden financial problems that I knew nothing about. And, um, obviously was abusive and, um, you know, just physically, emotionally, spiritually and on. And so I ended up being divorced at 25 and moving in with mom and dad. And that was, (laughs) very humbling to say the least and not at all where I saw my life going, where I wanted my life to go. Um, I never wanted my marriage to end, but I ultimately realized that that was what needed to happen. And um, that really was quite the journey. And so I, I really put in a lot of work and counseling and had a lot of wise mentors in my life that have really spoken into my life. I mean, over years and, um, I've been really, really fortunate, um, from that perspective. So very thankful to, to be here in North Carolina and to have my family close by mom and dad are like 15 minutes up the road now, and I'm no longer living with them. So (laughs) praise God for that. And, um, ultimately just for his provision and, I mean, if you had asked me, or if you had told me, it wasn't even if you'd asked me, but if you told me back then that I'd be, you know, nearing 30 and unmarried still, and, uh, you know, living alone, you know, all these things were incredibly terrifying prospects to me at the time. And it's just so cool to see how God is really working all that and weaving it all together. And it's just made it like, I, I love my home and um, I laugh because I say living alone, but I actually just had a, a girl moving upstairs and running a room out to her. And so, I mean, that's just been really cool and sweet. But I, you know, I lived alone for two years, which used to be my greatest fear. Yeah. Um, and it's just been really sweet to see the way God is just weaving and working it all together. And, you know, I've, I've dated and oh my gosh, 
wild out there. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I'm actually dating somebody now and I, fingers crossed, I really think this is it. So it's just really neat seeing the way that God really does redeem all things and work all things to our good. And um, even when we feel like we're at the end end of things, like he just keeps working and he doesn't stop just because, you know, we don't see a way forward. And so like truly <laughs> I laugh because I, I really at times want God to bless my plan, but I'm really thankful that he, he doesn't let me do that. <laughs> and for the times he's like, no, no, like my plan and my way is actually so much better. And um, yeah. I think that's kind of the gist of it, at least. Yeah, I, I appreciate your vulnerability and, and you sharing that and and sharing that publicly. And I think I love that bit about like, I want God to bless my plan and, and that whole bit of control and that whole bit of, okay, like, this is what I want. Like, can, can you make this happen, you know? And so I, I, I'm curious to know if, if you want to talk about this, I'm curious to know what that process of surrendering the plan and surrendering control looked like, however much you want to share as far as, okay, like I am taking steps towards a life that I did not plan on. I did not plan on moving back home. I did not plan on dating again, you know, and how, how did you find joy and how did you find purpose in the midst of really just like laying down all expectations that you had for yourself. Um, Cause I think a, a lot of us deal with that. So what was that like for you? Oh, geez. Um, it's funny. Cause I, <laughs> I actually just saw my counselor yesterday and we kind of talked about like something in a very similar vein. And <laughs> I wish that I like had all the answers to that of like, Oh, well, here's my 10 step process for how <laughs> I've done that in my own life. And here's how you can do it too. Right. Um <laughs> probably be making a lot more money. Uh, but we, and we'd all be great. So, but the, the issue is that if I had all the answers to that, I don't think that God really would be much involved in the process. And so I think that the real answer is this, that it's beautiful and it's messy and it's not easy. And I don't think that ultimately like the journey is always supposed to be easy. I think that a lot of it just looks like surrendering over and over again. I think a lot of it looks like God being the GPS that's continually rerouting us. And we kind of go in one direction. He's like, mm, let's make a slight correction here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I like I like to think of God at times like a holy chiropractor that like lovingly like adjusts things and tries to get you back where things are in line. And um, I don't know. It's like I <laughs> I have scoliosis, so my spine like can't be in line how it's supposed to. <laughs> I see a chiropractor and like he makes these adjustments. But, you know, the first time I went, he wasn't like, let's adjust you all the way back because like that would be traumatic for my body, mm-hmm. um, especially because my, my spine literally can't be perfect. It's curved. It's supposed to be, I guess. And um, it is now at least. And uh, so he can't like fully correct it. But I think God's kind of the same way where he knows like, OK, I can make this little adjustment here and I can make this little adjustment here. And he just works with us as we're ready and as we're willing. And so I think, I don't know, I, I have like a lot of little dorky metaphors that I like to use, but it's just how my brain like works through the whole process. I I mean, I really, I journaled a lot um, during that time um, back, you know, age 25, moving in with mom and dad and kind of working through all this and doing a lot of really intensive counseling mm-hmm. um, and really just talking to a lot of pastors and really doing a lot of soul searching of like, is it even godly for me to get a divorce? Okay. You know, yeah. my belief system, you know, not my belief system, but like the way I interpret God's word says, yes. Okay. So what do we do with that then? So now I'm 25 and divorced. Now what? And, you know, I really think that a lot of it was just like breathing in and breathing out and releasing it all to God and um, crying all the tears and hitting the bathroom ground, like hitting the floor of the bathroom. Like, I mean, truly, that was like, I feel like my safe place where I always cry. Like I'd be brushing my teeth and I'd just start sobbing. Um, But I think that God really met me there. And um, I think that that's just his goodness and his faithfulness that when we don't know like what to do or where to go, I I think that that point of surrender is where God can actually work and where like fertile ground really is. I think that if I'm 
you know, if I think that I have it all together, like normally I don't at all. <laughs> and also because I think I have it all together already, like there's no room for God to work. Like if I don't make an appointment with the chiropractor, you know, I, I can't get an adjustment done. Like that's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. And so if I'm not like focusing on communing with God, there's no room for him to work because I've not allowed it. But if I'm just creating space and even if the space is like, God, like, I don't know what to do with this situation with my friend. It's really hard. Will you help me? Like, and that can just be the space right there that I allow him at times, but it's just allowing him to enter into each of those moments or like, God, I'm struggling with like my body image. I mean, like I, I really struggle with that. Like that's one of my big struggles that I'm really working on inviting God into right now. And it's like, it's not like it's magically cured, but the big thing is like just allowing him to come in and work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's so many. <laughs> no, that was so good. And it's so uh, like honest and, and I love those metaphors. I love that metaphor of the chiropractor and just like you have to make the appointment and the slight adjustments and the gentleness of God. Like it's not this like whiplash thing. It's not this traumatic change, but it's this step of like, bit by bit and his gentleness and his goodness. And I know your story is like threaded with that. Um, and so I love that. So another question that, uh, that came up for me was, um, you know, you had mentioned in your story that there was a point where you said, okay, if I can, if I can adjust who I am, if I can change a little bit who I am, then, then maybe he, won't be as abusive to me. Maybe he won't want to harm me. Um, and I am guilty as that, um, <laughs> guilty of that, um, mm -hmm. not just in relationships, but, but also in job situations and all kinds of situations. Like if I can, if I can adjust who I am, if I can filter parts of myself, if I can make changes, maybe then I will be more acceptable to, so-and-so. Um, and, and even if somebody hasn't been through a physically abusive marriage, maybe they have been through any other situation where they have compromised who they genuinely are in order to try to minimize the, uh, I don't know, ruffling of feathers <laughs> in relationship <laughs> with others. And so in that process of uh, restoration and healing, what was it like to find your voice again, to find your authenticity again, to figure out who Emily truly was and not this adapted version that you had kind of morphed into out of survival, really? What what was that? What did that look like? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I think I'm still doing that to some extent. <laughs> I mean, truly, um, I think that for me, that journey has looked like I, um, I grew up a people pleaser. Like I, it's just kind of my nature and how I've always been. And I always just wanted to be the prettiest and the smartest and the most likable and, you know, the, the best at everything always, you know, which good Lord, isn't that annoying? I don't, I don't think I'd want to be friends with her. So, <laughs> but, but I wanted to be that, you know, like I wanted to be like all my friends, but just a little bit better than them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like that truly was kind of my mindset of like, that's what I have to do to be worthy. And I think that ultimately that came from like a, a deep inner, like almost longing within me of like, not maybe not a deep inner longing, but almost a, an emptiness within me that wasn't self-assured because I wasn't really living in the fullness of like who I am in Christ. Mm. And so I think that that's a continual process. I, I, I mean, at least from my perspective, I don't know if I'm ever truly going to like arrive and be like fully, you know, self-actualized and, you know, who I am in Christ. You know, I, I, I hope to become that, but I think that ultimately like that's what we have to look forward to in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you know, that's just, I mean, like, like I literally just talked about that in counseling yesterday, but I literally just talked about this in counseling <laughs> yesterday of like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty self-confident yet, you know, like this hard thing came up with a friend the other day and I didn't say anything. And like, why am I not? And she was like, well, you know, I think that you ultimately like are like almost like struggling with like fully accepting like who you are in Christ. And so like when these situations come up, you're not you know, like speaking up for yourself because you don't feel like fully like shored in who you shored in who you are in him. And I think yeah. that 
like the journey to get there has just looked like spending time with God. I think for me, it looked like trusting God again. Um, because if I'm really honest with you and honest with myself and honest with God, and I, I haven't, <laughs> um, when I, when I first came to North Carolina, um, I, cause I, I came here kind of like in the process of everything with my marriage ending. It's like, oh, this is where our family was and this was the safe place to be. And, and so I flew in and <laughs> it was a whole crazy season. Anywho. Um, but in the process of getting here, I mean, a lot of it looked like having to come to terms with the fact that like, I couldn't really just spiritualize this and just slap a big, you know, happy, clappy Christian bandaid on it and pretend everything was okay. Um, a lot of it, like really was being like, okay, God, like I'm actually really mad at you. And like, this really hurts. And I don't understand this. And, um, you know, my, my counselor at the time taught me, she's incredible, great Christian woman, but she taught me that in order to heal, you have to feel. And, you know, I was really good at putting up this like mirage of like, I'm okay. And, you know, I, you know, this is a really hard situation, but you know, I've got it. And it didn't have it at all. And I was a wreck and I just needed to kind of allow myself, like I said earlier to hit the bathroom, you know, floor in tears and just kind of sob my way through it, but like sob my way through it with the Lord. And I think that that is like the holy healing of brokenness almost it's like when we allow god to come in it's like and come in and you know impact all those fractured bits he can then take that and create something new and beautiful um i remember at the time there was a talk that lisa turkhurst did and gosh it was so beautiful and she um i think she had just come out with a new book and i honestly can't even think of which one it was but anyway and uh so good and um she was talking with somebody, she was doing an interview and was talking in a podcast about um, how a potter and she'd like learned recently from somebody that actually did pottery will actually intentionally shatter pottery, but you can't have like the shards too large or too small, too large, the potter cuts himself and too small. It's like dust and it's useless, but how the potter will actually intentionally shatter pottery for the purpose of like creating something new and beautiful. And it actually then strengthens the new piece of pottery when the like shattered bits of pottery are in there. And I remember hearing that and being like, wow, okay, like God is going to use all this and he's going to use all this to make me stronger. He's going to use all this to make me like more formed into his likeness. And so I don't think it was so much like a case of like, oh, I arrived, but I think it was just each and every day journal, you know, journeying through with God and journaling and writing down all my prayers. That's, you know, how I really did a lot of it, going to counseling, you know, having mentors and people that love me and, you know, really learning to, to trust friends again. Um, you know, I really was blessed with a lot of wonderful friendships when I first landed here and a lot of really safe people that just loved on me. And I think that that's really how I got to this place. Um, you know, really, honestly, very blessed with great family um, who took me in and loved me. And, I, you know, I mean, but really, the bulk of the work was God. And I think a lot of prayers. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I hear I hear that in your journey and and I love that you are so authentic to be like, yeah, and I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> like and I'm still I'm still walking it, but just that daily like sanctification and being more like Christ and and continuing to find out who you are. Um mm -hmm. I just think that's absolutely beautiful. Um okay, so I next question, um thinking about kind of this uh, taking steps forward. So you come to North Carolina, you're healing, you are, you know, working through all the stuff you need to work through from your past. And you're sitting here and you're going, okay, God, like I trust you with all of this. And at some point you decide, okay, I'm going to trust humans again. And I am going to start into this crazy dating world again. And we've got a lot of people who listen, who are single and have walked through heartbreak, no matter what it looks like, have walked through heartbreak, have walked through um, all these different things and what it's like to start again and start over in a new a new season of dating and and all of that um it can be 
it can be uh, quite the adventure. So what was that like for you? What Maybe what led you, however much you want to share, but maybe what led you to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this again. Like, I'm going to give this another go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, okay, this is kind of a funny answer. It's, I think, like kind of two or three pronged. So prong one. Um, <laughs> I ultimately realized um, that for me, the reason I needed to leave my abusive marriage was the fact that I would never, like, I had kind of lost the self-worth for myself to get out of it for myself, which I hate to admit, but that's where we were. Yeah. I mean, and that's just the honest truth. Um, I was not at the point where I was willing to get out for myself, but I ultimately realized I did not want to have a family with that man. And I, I have always like one of my, I think like really God given dreams is to have a family and have children. And I realized I would not bring children into that situation that that would just never happen. And, um, that in fact, I would do everything I could to keep them, you know, from not entering that situation. And so really that was the point where I knew that I had to, that I had to leave and, you know, really did a lot of soul searching of like, okay, you know, what do I think about this biblically? Yeah. Um, so ultimately for me, you know, that was kind of like the big thing of like, I want a family, I want children and I can't have this with where I'm at. And yeah. so I, um, yeah, we, we ended things and, um, you know, again, healing and <laughs> all the tears from the bathroom floor. Apparently it's my favorite <laughs> spot to cry. And I love it. And other places too, for the record, you know, my, my car, you know, one time in a grocery store, probably multiple times in a I, I just cry a lot. So it's a general rule. That wasn't just that season. It's a general rule. Um, I do remember but, that about you. <laughs> yeah, I do. I really do. I'm a, I'm a deep feeler. So I, I feel joy really deep and happiness and, you know, love and all the feelings, but I also really feel sadness um, also over kind of ridiculous things at times. So I love it. I, I love it. Um, okay. And so I, you know, I, that was kind of like a big motivating factor was, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I want to have a family. And so I, um, you know, I really didn't in, I just kind of like, kind of fell into it, honestly, I think is second prong answer. <laughs> so I kind of fell into dating. Um, I was in a, uh, a Bible study um, in my first, you know, year or so here and just was surrounded by great people. And there was a, you know, a guy in my Bible study that people really loved and knew and we started dating and that was just great and easy and wonderful and healing in so many ways. And, you know, ultimately things didn't work out between us. And, you know, that was really hard and painful because I really went into it thinking and hoping like this could be it, you know, because yeah. <laughs> I awesome. um, honestly, like I hadn't really dated a lot. Like I met my, you know, um, former husband pretty young and I really hadn't done a lot of dating. I didn't really know what I was doing. I hadn't really been on a first date. And it was a terrifying concept to me. The idea of getting on a dating app, I thought those people were crazy. And honestly, at the time, I, I don't think that I was at a place in my healing that I was ready for that. Um, but I, you know, I go to this Bible study and there's a nice, you know, guy and hey. <laughs> so uh, it was really affirmed by a lot of mentors and people in my life. So kind of second pronged answer is fell into it. And it was lovely and it was a great season. And I think that there are times where um, you go to a Bible study and you meet somebody or you're sitting next to the cute guy at church and, you know, he ends up asking you out a few weeks later and it's just wonderful. Um, yeah. And then I think that there are other seasons of life, like, you know, mine <laughs> was in my later 20s where that was, I guess I, all my dating was in my later 20s. Well, you get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, later on in my twenties then where dating was not that easy, you know, I remember, um, you know, we make it out of COVID and, um, you know, my, that relationship had ended and I really was like, okay, three, you know, so we're on to the third prong now. I was like, all right, I'm ready to date again. And so, you know, I'm like looking around church, like, Hmm, <laughs> what are my prospects here? And they were all married. I mean, they were great men, but you know, they were married. So they weren't great men for me. Um, there's somebody else's great guy. And, um, you know, any guy that was single, like I, I think I was just invisible to them. I kind of felt like I had an invisibility cloak on, like I kind of wondered, um, <laughs> I think I asked my counselor, like, what's wrong with me? Why aren't men interested in me? You know, like I'm asking my friends, like, should I do something with different with my hair? Like <laughs> what, what is going on? Why am I suddenly invisible? And it was hard. And, you know, my sweet mom is like, honey, I, I want grandkids one day. <laughs> 
you know, and she, she has um, yeah, a grand right? Yes. And she has a grand for my brother and sister-in-law, but she's like, okay, like, sweetie, you need to try the dating apps. <laughs> and so my mom convinced me, I kid you not. And she was like, I was like, well, mom, I don't have photos. And she was like, I'll take them. <laughs> So, um, did you feel I think, ready? Like, did you feel like, oh yeah, like I, I'm ready for oh, this? Yeah, we're talking or were about you that. like over your head? No, I mean, honestly, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I did or didn't. Are any of us ever ready for that? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I wasn't ready. You know, mom was ready. So, <laughs> I mean, and it, but she was like, my mom is like my best friend. I probably make her sound awful. Like, you know, she's like, get on a dating app. I need grandkids. But my my mom is seriously like my bestie. And um, we're very close. We always have been. And so when your mom, like when you have the kind of relationship we do, it's like kind of like your best friend being like, all right, you need to get on the apps. And you're kind yeah. of like, I should listen to that. <laughs> and so she really, I kid you not, she like, she helped me and was like, all right, this is what we should say. <laughs> and like gave me feedback on my bio and, you know, all those different things. And, you know, I'd kind of gotten feedback from different friends. And so I kind of ventured into this weird world and, you know, I found myself suddenly on the app, you know, made to be deleted, shout out hinge <laughs> and, um, gosh, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a journey of like thinking this could be it. And, you know, deleting the app and getting back on the app. I guess it's the app made to be deleted and also sometimes redownloaded. Um, <laughs> sorry, Hinge. But yeah, that was it's true. That was my experience with it. And, you know, I met a lot of great people. I mean, I think for me, like, I love hearing people's stories and I like you know, just talking to new people. And so for me, like dating was very fun. From that perspective, it was exhausting, but it was also really fun. And like, I just liked going on dates and meeting new people. And I think that with my journey and the fact that I not dated a lot, that for me was a really healthy thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think everyone has their own kind of like different takes on that. But for me, like kind of just even figuring out like what was out there before I dove into something serious was helpful. And, you know, I kind of felt like I kind of went through this journey of like, okay, maybe this is a, mm. (laughs) no, that person is not it, you know, and kind of just figuring it out for myself and, um, you know, like have had some different relationships, you know, I'm dating somebody now and I, I really, oh, just never felt like this before. So I really think this one is it, but it is, you know, it's a journey and I, I just don't think you're ever really ready for it fully. I I don't think anyone really wants to do it. Um, but I think it is the, the way that we date now in many ways, um, like especially, you know, post pandemic, I think it's just harder to meet people. And so for me, like overall, it was a really positive experience. And like, would I ever want to do it again? No. Would I do it again? I mean, if I had to, I hope I don't have to, um, (laughs) fingers are firmly crossed. You know, I I would because it is like, you know, at this point, like I really am at this place where I'm like, I feel very confident, like truly 100% confident. I found my person. I don't have a ring on my finger, but I feel, you know, full confidence. And like, I wouldn't have met him otherwise. Like he lives in another city. And yeah, yeah, I think that, I don't know, that's my take on it all. That's not even what you asked me, but that's my take. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And the the journey of that. And I think the... it's really easy, especially after a really big heartbreak, to put yourself back out there and try new things and to figure that out, whatever that heartbreak has looked like, you know, just doing it again and being back out there. And I love how you yeah. were just on this journey of of going through it. And so um, one thing we talked about the last time we chatted that I, I kind of want to bring up is we talked about the difference between the abundance mindset and the scarcity mindset. And that's in all areas of life, but definitely builds into relationships. And Mm -hmm. I know that I have experienced it when I have been in relationships that I I look at it and if I'm like really being honest with myself, like, wow, like this is not God's best. And there are a lot of people that I could have married, um, but then looking at it and looking at the situation saying, okay, like this, this is not 
this is not God's best for me. And, and that doesn't say, it doesn't always mean it's about the other person. Sometimes it's just about the connection. Sometimes it's just about the alignment. Um, but really just sitting in this place of understanding the goodness of God and God's love for us and that God is a good God and he's a God of options and he's a God of possibilities. And so, um, I wonder if you would talk a little bit about that scarcity versus abundance mindset and, and what you've learned about that on your journey. Oh gosh. Yeah, no, I'd love to talk about that. Oh, mm. well, I mean, I really think that that concept has come up a lot, um, in my own life. I remember, um, I had a, a really serious relationship that I really thought was going to lead to marriage and things weren't going well. And, um, you know, and this was like, you know, the nice, nice church guy that I dated and um, things weren't going well and neither of us really wanted to end it. But I think in our heart of hearts, we both knew that we needed to end it. And um, I remember being in a Bible study and like really hearing, you know, God say like, you know, and not like audibly out loud, but like just so strong, like in my spirit, like the Lord saying, you know, Emily, you can have, you know, you can have this person and it would be good, but I have better for you. And I, and I don't think, I feel like that sounds cruel when I say it, but I don't think God meant better, like flashy car and more, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and here we have a car, you know, like, um, on the prices, right? Like, I don't think he meant that at all. I just think he meant a better fit for you. Yeah. And, you know, and I probably have something better for him too. And, uh, um, I remember kind of being like, okay, like this is the point where I'm either going to have to trust God and take him at his word and trust that better means better. Mm. And better means like God's version of better. Better could mean that I don't get my, you know, dream fulfilled of wanting a family and children or better could mean like that it really is going to be someone that is just so much better, you know, a better fit for me. Mm. And I remember really having to be like, okay, like, do I trust God? And do I trust him to be good? And do I trust him to have my best interest in mind? And mm. I think for me, that was really um, like a really big leap into that like scarcity versus abundance mindset, um, where like, I really was having to come out of like, believing like a, an untruth that like, God does not love me and he does not want good things for me. Or maybe I believe that he like liked me kind of, or he did love me, but he didn't really like me. I think it's probably more so what I believe. Like God loves me, doesn't really like me. And he wants like, okay, things for me. And like, that's just not even biblical, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's not to say that everything will be happy, clappy and perfect, you know, if we have Jesus, but like, no, like I think God does have like good plans for our lives. And I think he does work it all to our good. And, I don't know. I think it was really, um, I know you've, and I've talked about like contentment too, and I, I don't really feel like that applies as much in this situation, but, uh, I think it really was just like kind of deep diving into this, like, okay, like I need to trust God. And ultimately, like, I think a month later we chose to end things. And I think that that was truly like one of the most God honoring decisions I've made. Yeah. Um, I think like top five, I think that was up there. And it was a really hard one to make where it was kind of same situation as you. I could have been married and I could have chosen that. And I think that we both could have chosen to do that together. I think you probably would have chosen that too, ultimately, if that's what we, you know, both really wanted and pushed for, but it wasn't it. And so, um, you know, I really took some time to heal. I took probably like a year or so. Um, I bought a house in the meantime. So that was kind of like a whole nother journey with scarcity versus abundance where I remember like, again, got like really kind of hearing the Lord say like during my quiet time one day, Emily, like I have all the houses in the world. Like mm. I have a house for you and it's going to be good. Like, you know, stop looking at the scary ones with cockroaches. Like that, that's not my best for you and you wouldn't do well there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, truly like I, I was like, I could make a cute, we could paint, you know, it's like invested with cockroaches, but it'd be fine. <laughs> and I think that honestly, as ridiculous as it sounds, I think I applied the same methodology to like dating sometimes, even yeah. once I was on the apps and after I'd taken this time to heal of like, well, this person has a lot of issues, but it'll be fine, you know, and then you get like five seconds into something and you're like, mm, you know, yeah. we need to turn and run. And I think that it's okay to make mistakes in dating. I mean, I think that that's kind of like the point of dating in some ways is to kind of like learn about yourself and like learn what, you know, 
you really are looking for in a relationship. But I think that's the beauty of like first and second dates, you know, and, you know, or even kind of sometimes you end up in a relationship and you kind of have to go, no, like that, that wasn't it. And I think it is just a journey and a process. And, you know, I think that really, um, I remember I, I was actually like dating somebody, um, at the back end of last year and, you know, I'd had like a, a serious relationship that, um, didn't pan out and, um, with somebody that I dated for a while. And, um, I ended up like kind of reconnecting with somebody that I'd met previously on a dating app. Cause I really just was like, I don't want to download the dating app again. And, you know, we dated for like a couple of months and it was not a healthy relationship. It was not a good for me relationship, but I think it was a, like a thing that didn't work out previously due to timing. And I think for me, it was a string I had to pull to know where it would lead. And, um, let's see. And so, uh, I remember like really being like, wow, like this guy is treating me horribly. Like it was New Year's Eve and he basically told me like, I I don't really want to see you and had his own weird reasons for why he didn't want to see me. And they weren't good reasons either. Like it was just, (laughs) he made it sound like he was like, it was ridiculous. And and, I'm not even going to go into it, but it was ridiculous. And I remember my brother being like, I'm like, this isn't good. Like, you know, and you deserve so much better than this. And, um, like, I'm really just kind of like older brothering me, which I kind of needed in that moment. And him and my sister-in-law both really being like, Emily, like, you know, we see you being like the person that really like commits to people, you know, and like, that's a great quality. Yeah. Um, they were like, except sometimes when you're dating and you commit to people really early on before thoroughly vetting them. And so they were like, so basically like, this is what we're urging you to do. The next time you date, really thoroughly vet somebody. And my brother like gave me what I think is like the best dating advice ever. He was like, I want you to go on a date. If you have fun, go on a second date. He's like, I don't want you to think about like, you know, like what would our family be like? What would our lives together be like? Cause I'm over here like 10 years down the road and the guy's <laughs> like, well, should I get the burger or <laughs> like, you know, the steak? <laughs> Like, it's so real. (laughs) It's like, I think it's just how we are as women. Like, you know, like, okay, like, you know, what kind of cars would we drive? What neighborhood would we live in? You know, he seems more like a hipster type. I think we'd be in the up and coming neighborhood closer to the city. Hmm, How do I feel about that? Like, literally, though, like, that's what I did. Yeah. And so my brother, like, you know, really encouraged me to like, go on a date. If you have fun, go on a second date. If you have fun, go on a third date. If you have fun, go on a fourth date. And he's like, and eventually this will lead to a relationship. And it sounds so simple, right? But like, we totally overcomplicated, or maybe you don't. I did. No, no, I'm guilty. (laughs) Yeah. And so, I mean, and really, like, I started dating again. And I remember being like, I am not going to end up in a relationship with somebody unless like, I really think that like this has potential to like be the man I marry. Like I'm turning 30 this year and I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to take his advice and I'm really going to heed it and um, really step into things intentionally. And if there are red flags, I'm going to ask questions. I think because I'm, I'm nice and I'm Southern. I tend to just like want to smooth over the red flags and, you know, well, that doesn't add up, but I don't need to ask about that. That'd be too personal, you know? And I really was like, no, like if there's something that doesn't make sense, I'm going to ask about it. Um, that way, like, I don't have any like qualms going into things or qualms, you know, six months in, six months in or things that are suddenly coming up a year later and friends are like, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell us, you know, so-and-so said that that's a huge red flag. Um, guilty. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I really, from the beginning, like I just started dating differently and not that I wasn't intentional before, but I was just so much more intentional, um, this last time around and really met somebody. And, you know, I kind of laugh because I'm like, I don't know if I ever really took my brother's advice because we literally, we went on our first date and, um, I, I do not recommend this theory. Like I, I don't recommend anyone else do this ever. Um, but I literally went home and um, I was talking, like I texted girlfriends and I was like, you're going to think I'm a nut. I went on my first date with, you know, this guy tonight. And I was like, so that you have this information one day for potentially like, you know, your maid of honor speech at my wedding. Like, 
I went on my first date. It was magical. He brought me two bouquets of flowers and I'm pretty sure like this is it. Like it was something along those lines. And he, he knows I sent that text now and he just thought it was the sweetest thing ever. And I mean, but like 100% true. Um, and then the second thing I did is I, you know, I met up with some girlfriends um, at a winery, I think for like birthday or something the next day for somebody's birthday. And I walked in and they're like, Emily, like something's different about you. You're glowing. Did you change your skincare? And I'm like, no, but I went on a date and I was telling them about this guy. And I just was like, you guys, like, I think I'm like, I might be crazy, but I was like, I almost deleted the dating app last night. And they're like, go for it. And so I literally, I went home, um, less than 24 hours after my first date had like, I think even started and I deleted the dating app, which I thought was total madness. But I knew that for me, that this was somebody worth, like worth seeing where things go. I was about to say pursuing, but I worth this relationship with somebody that I wanted to be pursued by. Yeah. 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 I, I wasn't going to pursue him, but I wanted to be pursued by him. And, um, it was just kind of one of those fingers crossed. I think it was really one of those, like when you know, you know, moments. And so I don't, I, I, I didn't really take my brother's advice other than like, you know, we didn't jump into a relationship. And I yeah. mean, I really just intentionally was like, this is who I'm going to date. And we're going to see where this goes. And, you know, I, I kind of told him, I think I actually told him on our second date, I was like, you're going to think I'm a nut job, but I'm like, this is what I did. And he was like, I think it's great. And he told me on our third date, he was like, so yeah, I literally got in my car that night and I also deleted the dating app. Mm. And, um, you know, we're here, I guess, like four months into this thing and we've met each other's families. I, you know, flew to the West coast to meet his, and it's just been, um, Oh, it's so good. And so it's like, I will just say like the whole, um, the journey with dating, I don't think there's a formula. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just talking, you know, bringing community into it, talking to your dating. And I mean, really just going on the journey with God and like putting a lot of like trust in him and really having a lot of godly people praying for you and praying, you know, yourself about it all. I mean, I think that's really the only way to do it. Cause I, I don't have an answer and I don't know if I did it right, but I think that the whole yeah. go on a date and if you keep having fun, go on another one. Yes. <laughs> also method, so It's good. It's good. And, and I think what you said is perfect. Like everybody's on a different journey and everyone is on like their own path and, and part of knowing who you are is, and, and, and mm -hmm. how to, take action, whether it's your dating life, whether it's with careers, whether it's with other relationships is, hey, like I know who I am and I know like I can trust my gut. I can trust the Holy Spirit in me because I'm feeling this. And and that whole point about bringing community in, you know, that's, that's huge. Like I say, don't date alone. <laughs> like no. date with other people in your corner and date with people, you know, talking to you and processing with you. And, and it will keep kind of that like I'm not of this world, I'm not in this world kind of paced mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think that dating and I don't think stories is a one size fits all. I think everybody's on a different journey and and I love that you you shared your journey. I didn't even know if you were gonna share your journey, but I love that you did. And um and so I'm just very, very thankful for that and and thankful for your story and just to see how God is taking you from such difficult places and darkness and brokenness and how you have, you have found your voice again and you have found a joy again and healing and, and how it is still a process and still something you're walking through and growing through and, and all those things. And I just think your authenticity and your vulnerability is just something to be admired. And so I'm very, very grateful that you were willing to come and share and talk. And, and I really believe that somebody listening today went, oh man, like I, I I needed that or I hear that or I felt that way before. And so um, hearing from somebody who's been there, who's walked through it and this is what they have done, you know, we're all just out here trying to feel a little less alone. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your story in that sense. So thank you, friend. Thank you for having me. This was a treat. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you would say to encourage somebody maybe who is listening on the other side um, who has been able to see themselves in any part of your story? Is there any at last encouragement that you would you would leave with them? Oh, goodness. Well, mm, 
I think my first thought is I hope that nobody could hear the dog snoring the whole time you were talking just then. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. Um, He's snoring over here um, (laughs) next to me um, as as we record. Um, I think my second thought is just, gosh, my encouragement would just be that it's a process and I don't know. I think it's kind of like building a house. Like you don't build a house in a day. And I think that our journey with the Lord, you know, is something that happens over time. And I think that, you know, like if you're searching for friends, like, you know, God isn't ultimately like, oh, here you go. You know, I set him on your porch today. There you go. I'm, I'm glad you played, prayed for friends, you know, last night. And here they are today. Um, sometimes it works that way, but sometimes it is a lot more of a journey and like, you know, coming into agreement with the Lord and like, you know, trying a new thing or a new activity or a new whatever. And, you know, and I think like, likewise with dating, sometimes you have to take this scary step and like, trust me, I know it's scary of getting on the dating app or, you know, like sometimes you have to take the step in faith to like, in my case, like where, you know, I, I don't encourage people to end their marriage, but like, if it's a case of abuse, like, yeah. Um, you know, of physical abuse, like I, you know, I think that it's something that you have to work through with counseling and godly, you know, wisdom and counsel. But I mean, I think that ultimately everything is just a journey and it's a process and there's just a lot of working through, um, each thing with the Lord. I mean, I, you know, it's like you said earlier, it's not a one size fit all, you know, what worked for me isn't going to work for somebody else. And somebody could hear this and think I blatantly disagree with everything. Um, and that's okay because that's, you know, we're all on different journeys. And so, I mean, I really think that that's my encouragement is just to really keep your eyes on the Lord because I remember, um, at different points in my journey, like I would want to look for affirmation from others. And some people were like, yes, two thumbs up, keep going. You're doing great kiddo. And others were like, uh, uh-uh, like two thumbs down, you're doing it all wrong. And I think that ultimately like our worth can only come from the Lord, you know, our, like just everything, like our surety, you know, salvation can only come from the Lord. I think that ultimately like my encouragement is to keep your eyes on him and, I don't know, just really, if you do that, and if you continue to pursue the Lord, I think that, I don't know, it sounds so simple, but like all won't be well, but I think all will be in some way also exceedingly good, even in the midst of mess. Yes. Oh, those are such good sentiments, such good words. Thank you so much, friend, again, for sharing your heart and for being here. I love you, and I'm so glad that we got to chat and people get to hear your voice it's very, very important and the world is better because of it. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Of course. All right, friends, that is all for today's episode. I really hope that today um, helped you feel encouraged and a little less alone in your story, in your journey. Um, If you want to connect with Emily, she's on Instagram. You can see all of her links in the show notes and um, chat with her, love on her, connect with her. I know that she um, would love that. But um, thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Grace for the Growth podcast with Courtney Leo. I hope that this conversation encouraged you and inspired you on your own growth journey and as you pursue a life full of authenticity and freedom. I want to encourage you to interact with us on social media at Grace for the Growth and at Courtney Y. Leo. Also, if you've got any ideas, way that these episodes have impacted you or encouraged you, I want to invite you to either DM us or email us at hello at gracefortheGrowth.com. Until next time, I challenge you to embrace your story, welcome the messy, sit in the unknown, and live authentically. Bye-bye now.